What's up? What's happening? Welcome back to Where in the Sports World. I'm Travis Seldridge. Hoop season in full swing, especially internationally. So we're going to be joined by some basketball guests over the next month or so. And we have a good one today. We're being joined by former Vermont Catamount, Trey Bell Haynes. Remember, before we get to Trey Bell Haynes, if you missed any of the earlier episodes, we've had former Maryland's Arifin Mello Trimble on, also Dylan Ennis, the former Oregon guard as well, both from the Spanish ACB League, so make sure you check those out. But on this episode, we chat with Trey Bell Haynes, the former two-time America East Player of the Year at Vermont, following his super successful career in college. He's taken his game overseas, currently playing in basketball Bundesliga in Germany for the Krellsheim Merlins. And Trey Bell Haynes joins me now. Uh, Trey, it's Where in the Sports World is the show, so you got to fill the people in. Where in the sports world are you right now? Uh, I'm, I'm in Krausheim, Germany, um, southwest Germany, close to the French border. So uh, fill people in because you've lived a couple of different places in, in this early part of your pro career. Where does Germany compare to where else you've been? So I've been I've been in Germany twice. Um, I played my first season in Frankfurt. Um, Frankfurt's a big city. It's a uh, pretty American, if I if I'd say based on the compared to the other cities that I've lived in. Um, and then I spent um, last season in Helsinki, which was cut short um, due to COVID. But probably I don't know maybe the nicest city that I've lived in okay. so far as a pro. And then I spent some time in the G League. I was in. Um, Oshkosh, Wisconsin. So nothing, nothing against Wisconsin, but I'd say that's probably at the bottom, the bottom of the list of places, places I've been so far. I mean, what's it like being a Canadian living in Germany? What's that adjustment like? Um, well, honestly, the only guys that really point out I'm Canadian are the, probably the American guys. Everybody else groups us together, but the, the American guys make sure that the difference is known whenever they can to, to point out that, that we're not the same um but i i guess the same it's the same as all, all all the other import guys just making making a home away from home trying to just live as comfortable as as possible you know trying to just make this 10 months however long i'm out here um as comfortable and as fun as i can you mentioned time in the G League and time overseas, and I think probably the toughest part of being overseas is you're away from family, you're in an unfamiliar place, different time zone, like completely. You're not talking about just two or three hours. What have you figured out is the key to being successful when you're that far away from home and that far away from, from people you care about? I think you just got to find a way to kind of immerse yourself into where you're at as soon as you can. And I think if if you get, for me, for example, like if I got out to Germany and I kind of was still thinking about Toronto and still thinking about talking to my friends a lot and staying on that, like being back home, then it's going to be obviously harder to adjust. But the sooner you get out here and kind of lock into the basketball, your teammates and, and your life here, the easier it'll be to kind of deal with the homesickness because obviously it's going to still be, still be there. So let's talk some hoops. Like, where's your game at right now? Like, compare it to your your time at Vermont. Where are you as a player? Um, I'm a lot better. I'm <laughs> a lot better than I, than I was at Vermont. I think right now it, it's probably the best the best version of me there's been since since I've been a pro. Um, 
credit that obviously to to my hard work, but I think I've played under a lot of good coaches that have that have taught me a bunch of different things and given me kind of different different looks at the game. So I think right now, um, putting it putting all those those lessons together, and it's obviously I've started the season pretty well, so it's been it's been good for me so far. You kind of hit the nail on the head. You, you play for all these different teams, and you're lucky. You've played in the same league for a couple of these years, but there's some guys that you're playing with that go from one league and one country to the next to the next, and you're playing in three different countries for three different teams and three different coaches in three years. How do you continue to improve and pick up things along the way? Like, How difficult can that be sometimes unless you're really ultra-focused? Yeah, no, it's definitely hard, especially um, if you get um, conflicting messages from your coaches and um, then it's difficult to, to know what, what you need to be better at, what people think of you. But um, I think I've been lucky in the sense that um, my coach this year, um, he's good friends with the guys I played for last season and um, they kind of similar offenses and similar ideas. And um my coach, my first year, um, he actually coached my current coach. So they, uh, they have a relationship as well. So I, I'm kind of in probably a unique situation where the, the messages I've been hearing since I've been a pro have been very similar. And all the coaches that I've played for have been in contact with one another at some point. So they're kind of all telling me the same things. And I think that's why I've been able to kind of take those messages and, and work on them every day. So smooth transition from year to year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So take me back. You finish playing at Vermont your senior year, and you decide you want to play professional basketball. Walk me through the process to eventually landing in Germany for that first year. Um, yeah, I mean, the decision kind of made itself for, for me, I guess, uh, you know, if you're a successful college player, obviously you just want to play basketball for as long as you can. And that was kind of my whole thing coming out of school. It's just like, let me keep playing. Let me keep having fun and see if I can kind of make a career out of this. And um, it started, obviously I got, I was lucky enough to play with the Bucks in the summer league and kind of just get my first, first taste of life as a pro. And um, my, I got to, to Frankfurt, um, through a Canadian connection, the head coach was from Canada. So he kind of knew about me and I had um, some people in Canada telling good things about me. So that's, that's kind of how I got to, got to Frankfurt and got to play in there. What's the juggling act like each off season when you're trying to figure out where you're going to play next year? Um, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's different for, it's different for everybody. Definitely. Um, um, I won't say that my first two years, I, I was amazing by any, by any stretch of the imagination. So I didn't have tons of, tons of offers, um, the coming into the season. And, but when, um, Krellsheim reached out, I kind of spoke to the coach and we had a couple good conversations and realized like, like I told you with the similar offenses and similar messages from the coach, this would be a good spot for me but um for me the the juggling act hasn't been been too crazy obviously it's a little little nerve-wracking going playing year to year and not knowing what's going to happen next season or if I get hurt um training in the summer that could that could destroy that whole that whole next season but um it's for me so far it's been it's been a good journey not too stressful 
I'm glad you mentioned the thing about talking to coaches because I was talking to Melo Trimble uh, on this show a, a month or so ago, and he was saying, like, I landed one place in Australia, and what I wanted to do and what the coach wanted me to do was so completely different. I learned at that point never just walk into a situation blind. Have you found that, like, it's so big for you to kind of match up at least your style of play with what the coach wants in order for you to continue to get better in your career? Yeah, definitely. And I think as like as import guys, like um, Americans, Canadians, we're expected to kind of come in and produce right away. You can't kind of take your time getting to know the system. So the, the fit, the fit is definitely is, is a really big thing. And, that's why the conversation with my coach this summer, he talked about what he expected of me and obviously what he thought my skill sets were and what I could bring to the team. And it kind of aligned with stuff that I knew I was good at and obviously stuff that I've been working on. And we kind of saw eye to eye in that, in that regard. So it, it worked out, but yeah, knowing your, your situation, what you're getting yourself into is huge because you just, you don't want to go into a situation that doesn't show your skill set or give you any, any chance to shine. Well, and, you, and your tape, too. Like, from what I've seen, like, you obviously, like, some people, other teams in Germany are going to know what you have if you play well and, and especially against their team. But if you want to jump to another league, like, you got to have some tape, right? Like, you got to showcase something on the floor so that somebody else in some other league can find you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that's, that's all the your relationship with your coach and what you're allowed to do with your team, I think, uh, for all the guys on my team, like our coach gives us just a ton of confidence to go out there and play, obviously, within the, the the system, but he doesn't have too many rules. He's not too strict, and he doesn't restrict guys from taking certain shots. And that kind of – in a system like this, like anyone can, can be that guy and be shining and look good. And, and obviously that, that does bode well for tapes and how teams look at you in the offseason. So uh, I was reading your, your Vermont bio from back in the day, and I thought this was interesting. You wear number two because it's number five upside down. Please explain that. Well, okay, that was the case back then. That was <laughs> when I got to Vermont. I had worn five throughout high school, okay. and there was a, a senior wearing five. So obviously I can't convince him to, to switch numbers. He has a year left, and I, um, I wore two because – if you flip it around, it's a five. And that was, that was my whole reasoning to do it, to doing it. I'm born on September 5th. So five's always been, been my number, but um, I switched to two just because there was, I couldn't get five. And I thought the numbers were similar in terms of how they look. And so now it's stuck. You never thought about going back. Well, I had a, so I, I had a really good uh, rookie year. I was all rookie team in, in Vermont my first year and my coaches were, were asking me if I was going to switch. And one of them said, you can't switch because you played well. If you had a bad year, then yeah, you should definitely switch and just start over, but you played well. So you got to keep it going. And it's been, it's worked out for me so far. Yeah. Yeah. It has been. It's crazy. You got, you've one thing like that, you play well and then it, I mean, are you superstitious? Like, could you, like, have you worn another number since? Um, yeah, with, um, with Team Canada, I, I, I wore 25 and I wore seven once. And um, in the G League, or in, yeah, in the G League, I just took 20. And I think in the Summer League, they just gave me a number. But when I, when I can pick, uh, my first choice is always going to be, always going to be two. 
That's fair enough. Uh, let's go back to Vermont because I had a chance uh, when I was early in my broadcast career, I was in Binghamton. So I covered the Bearcats uh, teams there for, for a couple of years. And okay. I got to, got to know the America East. And I always just thought it was fascinating, especially for you guys at Vermont, because when you were there, you guys were always the top of the conference or one of those top conference teams. But what's the pressure like going into that America East tournament every year? Because like, like in your senior year, you guys could be 15 and one in the conference, be dominant, but you know, if you don't win at the end, if you don't win three games, like you're, you're not going dancing. Yeah, no, it's, it's for us, uh, especially uh, the pressure, the pressure is huge, especially my last two years because we were, we were doing so well. And I think like you, everybody just, just wants to beat you. I remember um, my junior year, we went undefeated um, in conference. And then my senior year, um, our last home game, our second last home game, we lost to Hartford and they were celebrating like they had, they had won the Super Bowl, And that's kind of like, that's what it was. Like every team came to our gym and just wanted to be that team that beat us and wanted to be that team to, to, to end the, end the streak. So the pressure, the pressure was a lot. I think the coaches did a really good job of keeping us like level headed and not letting it get to us and not letting the success get to us at the same time, either just kind of focusing on, on basketball. And obviously my senior year, we lost, we lost to UMBC that tough shot, but, um, it that wasn't the pressure. That's just a, a great play by a great player. The, that year, UMBC goes on to do something a, a little special in the NCAA tournament. Hey, were you rooting for the Retrievers after that? Um, no, I, I, I wasn't rooting for either of them. Um, I didn't turn on, I didn't turn on the game until there was like two minutes left because you know. Once that happens, the people that don't really understand like how college basketball works, you get all the text messages that say like, "Oh, could you guys beat Virginia?" Like, "Oh, that could have been you." Like, and it was like, "Yeah, okay." So, I mean, don't want to take anything against it. Obviously, it's probably the most amazing win in the tournament history. But um, no, I wasn't rooting for them when that was going on. I feel you, man. I, I went to Syracuse. I, I, I love watching Syracuse basketball. And when Syracuse gets knocked out of the NCAA tournament, I don't want to watch, like, for another, like, I don't want to watch the rest of the weekend because it, like, hurts it. It hurts. Yeah. I can only imagine as a player. Yeah. yeah, and especially being your senior year, like, your last try to get there and you fail, like, you don't, you don't even care about the tournament at that point. Yeah, no, that's a killer. But you did get there. You, you guys played Purdue tough in the first round that year before your, your junior year. What stands out to you about that tournament game in, in general? Um, our captain tore his ACL that game. That's probably the – he tore it at half – like right before halftime and we were in the game. And I think we still blame him to this day. Like we think we would have won the game if he, kind of, if he was able to finish it out. So that's, that's the biggest memory. But – I mean, just the whole the whole experience. Um, Iowa State was playing after us, and they were the winner of their game was going to play the winner of our game, and all of their fans were cheering for us to pull up the, the upset. And it's a twenty thousand seat arena, and we got like majority of the people are s screaming Vermont, so it was pretty cool. That team was obviously really good. And you, you mentioned the senior year team of the four years. What team did you think was the best? Oh, my, my junior, my junior's team was definitely the best. Yeah. Why? What, what, what stood out? Um, I think we just, we had um, a little bit of everything. Um, 
we weren't we weren't overly overly relying on one or two guys. I think we had like eight or nine guys that could that could play and impact the game at, at any point. Um, and I just think like that team was full of juniors and seniors. So just the experience at that point was, was really big. And we, we only had one freshman um, who Anthony, who came in and played a lot and was huge to our success, but there wasn't a lot of learning that had to be done from the younger guys. So kind of from the jump, we knew that that year's team was going to be pretty good. So uh, I already mentioned I'm, I, uh, I went to Syracuse. So uh, TJ Sorrentine uh, puts, a, puts a dagger in me. It, does he have to buy anything when he shows up in Burlington, Vermont? Honestly, I think in my four years, he came to Vermont once. <laughs> but it. so I don't – he's probably – probably gets mobbed, so he stays away. Um, but, yeah, we, we've that, – that shot is history. You hear it. You hear about it every single summer going into the season. You want to be the, the, next, the next Vermont team to kind of create history. I, I mean, obviously, that's such like an indelible moment in the, the program. But like when you take me back to when you were in high school, like wh- wh- why was Vermont the right move for you? Um, they were my only, only move. It was, was it? it was Vermont or – yeah, um, it was Vermont or it was stay in Canada. Um, they, they recruited me pretty late. Um, and um, they offered me in uh, mid-March, and he had, he had offered another guard. They had one scholarship left, and um, Coach told, um, Becker told me that the guard was visiting in, like, three weeks. So he, he told me, um, you have a week to commit, pretty much. <laughs> so um, I called them the next day, said, yeah, I'm committing. Um, and it, it's all worked out. But, yeah, no, it, Vermont was the only, the only option I had, and – Luckily, um, God was with me, and, and it all worked. What, what kind of chip on your shoulder does that give you? I mean, obviously, you proved some people wrong once you got there. You, like, immediately contributed. What, what kind of chip was there? Um, I mean, the chip's always there. I mean, he, he, as a Canadian guy, it doesn't even matter being recruited by a lot of schools or little schools. You go, you go to school in the States, and everybody's like, oh, he's a Canadian. He's whatever. So you got to constantly – constantly prove yourself um every year um as a pro it's the same thing like the journey from new team to new team new teammates you gotta you gotta show what you're worth you can't just rely on your reputation or what what you did last game or last year you gotta bring it every single day i'm glad you brought up the canadian thing because i think more and more like we've had and i talked to dylan ennis uh probably about a month ago for for the show and and he was talking about canadian basketball and it seems like there like there are more guys coming out of canada that are now being successful whether it's in college and then going to pro like where's canadian basketball now compared to even like not too long ago when you were coming up yeah i think when i was in high school in my first year in college like the only like big name was Andrew Wiggins. And now I think now every year there's two or three guys in, in the draft, two or three guys that make, make NBA rosters. And obviously with what Jamal did in the playoffs and the bubble last, um, a couple months ago, actually. Yeah. Uh, um, just the, the respect for Canada basketball just grows and grows. And I think every Canadian that wherever they go, when they leave home, that's what they, they kind of want to do is grow that respect and, want to be obviously it's going to be a long time where we're seen on the level of the u.s but that's kind of the goal we want to be right there with all those guys what's been the key to canadian basketball's kind of rise like has there been something that you kind of experienced coming up 
No, I just think it's a bunch of guys that just work hard. Um, no, no, we don't get stuff given to us. We got to go out and earn it every single day. And I think from the guys that once they make the NCAA, they take that with them. They, they got to go take it. They got to work hard and prove themselves every single day. And same thing with the pros, NBA, Europe, whatever. I think that, that work hard mentality, improve yourself and take what's yours kind of thing. So who was the Canadian player growing up that you like wanted to be like or idolized? Was there one? Um, no, no, there wasn't. Um, I think Raptors players were probably the guys that I really looked to, um, but none of them were Canadian, but I think obviously Vince Carter, but, um, Jose Calderon played in Toronto for a long time and he's a legend in the city. Um, and then recently, obviously what Lowry's done, he's probably one of my favorite players right now. Like guys like that, that just, can come here and embrace our culture and, and respect our culture and play so, play so well. Um, those guys are Canadian basketball heroes without being Canadian. So you're, you're all in on the Raptors. That was, that was the team growing up? Um, the Raptors and, and the Bulls. Um, Derrick Rose is my all-time favorite player. So okay. um, when he, once he got drafted to Chicago, I was a Chicago fan until, until he left. But, yeah, no, right now and for the last little while, it's just been all Raptors. So that championship a couple years ago felt pretty good. Oh, it was great. I was, um, I was in a sports bar with a couple of Americans during game six when they won. So it was, it was nice to rub it in their face because no one, no one saw that coming. No, that was uh, wild. I'm also from Philadelphia, so that, that game seven shot hurt. It, it, hurt, it hurt me bad from <laughs> Kauai, but uh, it, was, it, was a fun, it was a fun team to watch, and it was a fun run to watch. Yeah, yeah, it was. So uh, when you look at big picture, and obviously, I mean, everybody who plays pro basketball overseas, you're trying to make a career, but there also is part of you that probably wants to get back to the United States and, and play at the highest level. How do you define success in your career? Like, are you not successful unless you get back to the NBA, or can you be successful just doing what you love and having a chance to play wherever you get an opportunity? Um, I think whatever league I'm in, as long as I'm playing at what I think is a high level for myself and trying to reach that, whatever that ceiling is. And it doesn't have to be the NBA, obviously in the back of every, like you said, in the back of everybody's mind, they want to, they want to be in the NBA or even let's say they want to be in the EuroLeague, but whatever level you're at, just, I think success is um, when everybody in the league that you play against respects your game and knows that, they got to watch out for you on any given night. And I think for me, that's how I measure success. And that's kind of one of the reasons I'm happy to be back, be back in Germany. Cause I felt like as a rookie, I didn't get respect for most of the league. And I'm, I'm kind of this year hoping that I can kind of earn that respect from my peers. And that's kind of my goal wherever I play. Um, I just want the guys that I'm lining up against that know what it takes to get there to just to, to respect my game and respect that the work that I put in. It's a good way to look at it, and uh, I think it, it makes it, like, it feels attainable all the time, but something also that kind of, like, pushes you forward, right? Yeah, yeah, just something that keeps me going. It's always in the back of my mind when you have a, you have a bad game, you're like, uh, you got to bounce back, you got to get to the next one because, you know, uh, you don't want to string them together. All right, so we'll finish up with this, just kind of three quick hitter, a uh, little different questions uh, for the road. Uh, first off, which place is colder, Burlington, Vermont, or Toronto, Ontario? 
I think Toronto's cooler, but Burlington gets a lot more snow. How much snow does Toronto get? Um, not much. When I was a kid, I think this is the same story everybody says. When they were a kid, it, it snowed so much more. But um, recently, I, I feel like it hasn't. There's not. So there hasn't been a ton of snow. So it wasn't much of an adjustment for you at all going to Burlington. For some people, it's like frigid, but you're oh, super good. No, no, it was it was the same. It was just had to wear boots. That's all. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, what food do you miss the most now that you're in Germany? Popeyes. Popeyes? Just anything from Popeyes. Yeah, add or whatever my mom cooks. But um, I would say Popeyes. Just having like every once in a while you want some junk food, just go and get some fried chicken. Mm, that's not really an option here. So what's the like go to make you feel like home while you're overseas? There's got to be something that like kind of hits the spot. Uh, um, I guess there's a, there's a five guys. that's like an hour away um, <laughs> that you can, and there's a, there's a Chipotle like two hours away. We're not, I'm not in a big city, so there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of those places for me. So a lot of that uh, feel, feel at home happens in my own kitchen. <laughs> so no, you're not driving two hours for Chipotle. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's tough, you know, sitting in the car after practice. If one of my teammates wants to drive, maybe I'll, I'll yeah. sit with them. But I don't know if it's worth it. Four hours round trip is not worth Chipotle. I don't, I don't know. How, I don't care how far away I am from home. And uh, a final question for you. If you could steal, like, like Space Jam, you could steal, like, one skill from one other player on the planet, what would it be? Oh, um, Steph Curry shooting. I feel like <laughs> that should be every player's answer. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I mean, give me, give me Steph shoot. Yeah, exactly. If you shoot from anywhere at any time. Yeah, that's that's definitely something I'd take. That's a good no-brainer. Hey, Trey, uh, appreciate you spending some time with me here today. Good luck the rest of the way. Looking forward to watching you play over in Germany, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up sometime down the road. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me.